got a little fancy intro for you and everything today. So this is uh, this is big time here. So um, we are officially live now, Mr. David. Um, thank you for being here with me. I much appreciate it. Um, so today um, I have my good friend here, David DeVries. Uh, he's sitting down with me to chat for a little bit. Um, just a little background on Dave for anybody that doesn't know. Um, Dave's uh, been a realtor now for it's going to be 25 years in February. That's what I was looking at. Does that sound right? No, it'll be 40 years. 40. Oh, 25 with with Pinnacle. With, with Phoenix. Pinnacle. Uh, 40 years. Right. Wow. So you've been uh, you've been hammering away at this thing for a long time, right? <laughs> So uh, Dave and I have actually known each other for uh, going on about 10 years almost because I met him back in October of 2013 when he was re working at Remax Pinnacle Group, which he's still there, um, local brokerage here in Arlington. And um, and he also has a new gig um, where he is the new host of uh, the Emmy-nominated uh, American Dream show that is on multiple networks uh, all over cable TV and it's the Dallas version of yes. this episode, right? You did your homework. Yes. And uh, what I like to call he's a, a heavy metal aficionado, which is uh, that's why I got my Guns N' Roses shirt on for him today. Yes. Um, as uh, as uh, buttoned up as Dave looks, he is a uh, heavy metal connoisseur. And one of my favorite topics we talk about all the time is all the concerts he goes to and yep. interesting people he meets and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're going to get into that a little bit, too. Yep. And uh, yesterday was your birthday. Yes, it was. So uh, happy belated birthday. I call it my Paul McCartney birthday. Uh, <laughs> I turned 64. So. Oh, nice. Okay. 64. <laughs> yeah. And you've been doing this for 40. So you've been a realtor since you were 22 years old. No, 24. 24. So it's 40 years. 64 is 40. Yep. I'm lying at 23. Can't do math. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that is a, a long, long time. And we're going to get into that in a second because I do want to talk about your, I want to get your thoughts on where the market is right now because you've seen stuff like this come and go. And, you know, it's nice to have somebody who's actually gone through this kind of stuff before and uh, makes feel a little bit good about the doom and gloom that seems to be uh, covering us all up right now, right? True. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the fun stuff. I want to talk about your new your new side gig, your new side hustle. Right. Um, so tell us about uh, what you're doing, how you got into it, um, how this kind of landed in your lap. And I think you did your first filming, what, yesterday? Uh, last week. Last we week? Did it. Okay. Uh, released, released the first, I guess, promo right. yesterday. Right. So uh, tell us all about that. How did that start? Okay. Well, it's American Dream TV. Okay. Um, it's the, the Dallas version and I'm, everything I'm, I'm telling you is what I understand to be. So if I'm off by something. Yeah, it's not going to be perfect ah, all the time. Yeah. It's okay. Nope. Um, they, we'll just give you negative scores in other places. <laughs> they, they, they actually interviewed 12 people uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. Um, and they did all the research on us. They have a whole team that just looks what's your production. What do you do? How do you do it? What's your online exposure? Gotcha. So they're actually looking at your sales. They're looking at everything. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Very uh, cool. You know, kind of studying you before they even invited you to come in and talk. Right. And then of the 12, and then picked five mm -hmm. uh, to be hosts. And of course, we had to want to be a host of it. Right. You got to have the uh, desire which, to. Yeah. You know, it sounds great. Hey, I'm going to do that. But boy, when you do it, it's, uh, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But we filmed the, last, the first one last Tuesday. And we get to, um, it's a lifestyle show. That's right. why I can say it. Yeah, okay. It does feature some homes, but they want us to keep the home part about 20%, gotcha. about 80% lifestyle. What about this area? Um, if somebody were to watch it, say in Seattle, Washington, if they watch the show, what would make them want to come here right. and see this? So we had to pick a topic. We started with the entertainment district of Arlington. Okay. Uh, Cowboy Stadium, 
uh, Globe Life Field, uh, Texas Live, mm-hmm. Live by Lowe's. Um, and I got my my first guest was the former mayor, Jeff Williams. Yes, I saw uh, in your promo video that Keith did, I saw a couple little clips of that. Right. And it, it was fun. He was uh, much more experienced being in front of the camera than I was. Right. Uh, but it, it was good. We, we really we tried to script it. Now, the weather didn't really cooperate. It was, you know, the day. Yeah, it hasn't rained in rain. six months, and then you go film a show, and all of a sudden it doesn't right. stop. So here's this glorious Cowboy Stadium, and it's, it's like in a cloud of mist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was still fun. It was fun yeah. to go see the different areas, to go into what is now called Choctaw Stadium. Mm-hmm. I st- well, always call it the ballpark. And yeah, that's the, I'm saying. We went to yeah. the Martin High School Lake Travis game the other day that was at. It had to be. It, and it is neat. What they oh, it's it, amazing. It really, uh, yeah. I, but I typed in the ballpark and it was like, what? <laughs> My navigation like, oh Choctaw. yeah, Choctaw. But I guess it'll always be that. So we were able to film a lot of it on top of there where the, where the videographer could get Six Flags, uh, the new National Medal of Honor that's mm-hmm. going in. And then also just come over and look at Globe Life Field, the new one, Cowboy Stadium, and really take it all in. Right. Uh, and then see the field. They may have professional rugby there. Yeah, you've got football i didn't know they had professional rugby professional there. rugby so Interesting. I, I want to take that in yeah i want to go check out a rugby I game i've never that. heard of that before me too me too i know they have the football league um right. that's the is it is it is it the xfl I is think that it's XF, it's, i know bob stoops is going to be the coach right the team, so i mean we have someone who knows football yeah which you know you and it's know, the rock that's running it right i believe so he's like it, the it is, yeah, Dwayne Johnson president is, or whatever it is right so I, you know we'll see how it goes yeah i i'd be willing to support it and yeah go check it out give it a chance so the show itself, like it's a, it's a lifestyle show about certain cities, right? Right. And do they do, like, what are the other cities that they feature right uh, now? Uh, San Diego, LA, uh, Chicago, you know, they call it a Midwestern. I think they picked up St. Louis. They're doing us, Houston and San Antonio are the, the newest ones we added on. I think all told it's like 40 cities total. Wow. And what, uh, what networks is it on right now? Right now. Bear with me on this. There's a big it's, list. It's yeah. It's a big list. It's yeah. not just on one certain thing and there are no commercials. Uh-huh. It is a show. Each oh, you just run straight through. Run straight through. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really, I, I, it's really funny because last night I had friends over for my birthday and when I told one of them, was, he goes, I record that show every, all the time. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one. <laughs> I mean, you never know what people watch sometimes, especially, right. you know, when you're, um, when you're doing something like that, that's a, like you said, a lifestyle geared type show. Um, I mean, all the HGTV and DIY network stuff. I mean, all that stuff is really wildly popular. I mean, I don't particularly watch those things very often, but my wife does and a lot of her friends do. And a lot of people I know do. And you're, it's just amazing because there are so many different outlets, you know, and different, you know, now you've got stuff on YouTube, you have stuff on, you know, network TV and cable TV and all the streaming services and everything else. So there's, so many options, but it's still, you know, shows like that, especially when you, I mean, it's Emmy nominated, so it's yeah, kind of a big they, deal, right? They seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, they seem to get their have their stuff together a little bit. It seems like a very well-run organization. You know, it, we had it all filmed, mm-hmm. and then we turned it all over to their editors, who are all in the LA area, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and they then... So know. is it is it multiple episodes? Is it one episode? How are they doing... The, the I do season. an episode every other month. Okay. So my the one I just shot, I had uh-huh. to shoot it by this Friday. Right. And then we turn it all in. It'll be run in October. And they'll let us know about a week and a half before where it'll start being premiering. Gotcha. Start going. They'll also push it on social media for us. Oh, yeah, totally. In other words, they, they run the whole show. But then we also, ha- I retain the licensing. 
So I can then use it really? online anyway. So I you want. can use it for yourself. Right. Anything oh, well, that's we great. Do, uh, we can do this. So I've been learning the language kind of, it's, it's been fun, <laughs> you know, getting the B-roll, which they'll run. And we were able to get a lot of that from the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, so they'll, while we're talking, they'll show you clips of this is what's going on. It's, 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 it's interesting. Well, you know, I, I'm sure we've, my wife and I, I, I think we've talked about this before. My wife and I did a, uh, DIY network type show. It was one episode okay. of like renovating a lake house. It was called uh, uh, Lakefront Renovation something or other. I, I knew there was something going on. Yeah, they got a lot of names in there, a lot of title parts. But um, but just that process of doing that is is really surprising because it is. I mean, it's a reality TV show is what we were doing. Right. Um, but you know, to say that it's pure reality is <laughs> it's not no, the it, case. That, and that's. This show, they're trying to not be a reality. They want right. to be scripted. They, and... they want, I mean, I have to do all the writing on it all. Yeah. Ask, asking it questions. You know, they have parameters they want us to use. Sure. But it's totally up to me. Oh, really? I, so you get a lot of say in what you ask and who you talk to? Say. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's my gig. That's great. Um, you know, and I talked to Jeff Williams ahead of time. So this is where I'd kind of like to go with it. He's very active with the National Medal of Honor. So that was his right. prize thing. Right. But he also was instrumental in that whole area growing. Yeah. You know, the Lowe's Hotel, which they're building a new one next year, right across the street, it's got a catwalk that goes across to it, also has convention center. Um, and then the, it, it, you know, the one they have now has 300 rooms. The new one's going to have 900. Wow. So it's going to really increase capacity. And, then, and it's still Lowe's or it's still, Lowe's, still group? Yeah, it's okay. still the Lowe's group. Right. Um, and the convention center will be attached to it, which is the Arlington Convention Center, the new one. Um, it's going to be quite, you know, I got to see the, their video presentation of it. Yeah. We'll see how much of it ends up in the editor's cut. So, so all the stuff that, uh, Tom Hicks promised to do that never actually happened until, until Jerry got over there <laughs> appears to be happening. Right. Yes. <laughs> we right. were, we were promised a lot of great things, but never quite came right. to fruition. So it looks like it's, it's moving ahead. I was very thrilled to get kind of an inside glimpse of it all. Yeah. Uh, and then the next show I plan on doing will be about Viridian. Surprise, surprise. Yes, yes. Um, and then after that, you know, we can kind of do what we want. Um, I was thinking I want to showcase UTA. Uh -huh. uh, then also like down on Front Street and all of that. I, I want to kind of show. So is it more Arlington or is it no, more? It's, it's, I'm just You're just starting there. here because that's, um, you know, all the areas. I, I want to do Grapevine Main Street. Right. You show here's the Gaylord. Here's uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Uh, you know, South Lake. There was a Fort Worth. Um the other four that I know of are all the other people hosting are all over in Dallas, Highland Park, Frisco. So, um, so you're I, doing more of this I, West side of DFW than that's the, what I want to push. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. And it's really whatever I want to use. Yeah. I, well, that's actually, that's re really smart for the producers to pick somebody who's obviously from the area, but then let you have a little bit of freedom in deciding what topics you want to cover yes. simply because you know, the area you've been around, you know, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting about that particular, you know, feature or whatever of the city right. and that would be huge you know as far as entertainment value is concerned just because people can actually see someone who lives here and what they experience right and that's that is their whole idea yeah they want someone someone who's a local who could say this is what i love about here and they want us you know this is an open-ended thing it'll go on as long as the show goes on and i want to do it uh they want us to talk to local shop owners of maybe someplace i go to all the time yeah um you know a restaurant a store that i think is unique maybe a coffee house that's what they want us to really go on and show your maybe interview the people who own it or someone who goes there and why they love it so do you think they're designed like what who's there what, 
me, you know, everybody talks about audience. Who's their target audience? Are they actually looking for people thinking about moving and relocating to cities? Or is it just people that are fascinated about other parts of the world or it's, country or whatever? It's kind of an everything. They want us to do the pushing on, you know, um, on the housing. In other words, the housing part comes from because welcome to the area. Sure. I know this area like right. no one's business. Um, so their whole thing is to push whole areas. They want the Dallas to be represented. They want Los Angeles to be represented. Mm -hmm. And they have some real big hitters. I've seen some of the other videos and they're really good. I've seen some that were maybe you know, less. <laughs> Not everything's less awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the, the risk of it all for them. Yeah. Is it, you know, yeah. For me, it was like, don't bomb, you know, make sure you do it right. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was able to get comfortable pretty quick. That, you know, the first few minutes, I was nervous. Stuttered oh, off sure. my words, yeah, yeah. stumbled, you know. But that's normal. But after I got going, yeah, just rock and rolled it. And I had a good time with it. Yeah. Do you, um, did when they picked the, the the different people to do all the other cities, are they primarily using realtors? Is that what they're using? Yes. Realtors okay. and mortgage officers. Oh, really? So loan officers too? There is a loan officer part of it too. That's cool. Um, which, just people that know the area that are from there that have right. experience and can really. And I don't know what their criteria was for sure. That. And I don't know in Dallas. I mean, I'm going to be learning a lot as I go to. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I know everything about this. I just know what my particular job here is. Now, when you were, um, so this time you did the, the entertainment district down there, right. the Lowe's, the hotel, the, the old ballpark Choctaw now or whatever, right. the new. Well, the new one we couldn't do because Lady Gaga was coming that night. Ah, and uh, the Gogs wouldn't, wouldn't have it, huh? Well, and Def Leppard played the night before. So they were tearing, you know, they tore that one down the night after. You know, it wasn't before. presentable. It wasn't presentable. And plus they were working. We couldn't go in there with them yeah. hammering and, yeah. you know, doing their thick gig. Yeah. So it was kind of like. Darn. Well, that's a shame because I mean, it's really that place is really. Uh, I think it's great. Amazing. I, I mean, I, I think it, I don't think it looks great from the outside. Personally, I hate it, but <laughs> I, I think it's really pretty ugly. Yes, but inside, sensational. It yeah. really and truly is. Yeah, uh, we saw a concert it. there. That's, okay, we saw uh, Chris Stapleton, okay. and that was it was wonderful. Fantastic. Literally, I, people told me going there that um, that the acoustics of it were a little rough and it wasn't the greatest or whatever, but. Um, we had just actually gone to Lollapalooza in Chicago okay. uh, the week before that. This is my oh wife my. bought bought something for my birthday. This was like tickets she bought before COVID, wow. and so his his concert had been postponed for year you know for two years basically, right. and so um, so we'd gone to Lollapalooza in Chicago, which is an outdoor deal, and I got to see right. the Foo Fighters, which was bucket list. Where was that? Uh, it was in, in downtown Chicago in, in, in that, Grand Park. Grand Park. Oh yes. wow. How yep. fun. So we saw Post Malone. We saw oh, wow. uh, Foo Fighters. He was awesome. He was right. great. Um, Foo Fighters. Um, I saw I saw Limp Biscuit. I love it. <laughs> the Spreaders still have it. Uh, did he it, ever have it? Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know if he was wearing a wig, but he had, like, his hair was all gray, and he was dressed like a dad. Like, he was wearing, like, khakis with, oh, wow. you know, with, like, loafers and, like, a windbreaker. Limp Biscuit, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and what was funny is um, Megan the Stallion was performing at the same time on another stage. Okay. But, you know, because I'm an old guy, I was like, well, That's I'm going to go see Limp Biscuit. I probably know these songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also realized after my buddy who was watching Megan the Stallion came back, he's like, you should have gone to the over there because, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Lollapalooza, but um, clothing that, seems to be optional in a lot of cases. So I, I've heard about it. I've never been to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we came back, uh, went to Chris Stapleton, and this is after coming back from seeing the Foo Fighters, which is a bucket list concert for me. I, I, Dave Grohl was, Dave Grohl was amazing. The man. He I was mean, amazing. Yes. 
And I watched Chris Stapleton and, and I love, I mean, I like Chris Stapleton, but he played, you know, his whole new album, which I hadn't listened to any of it. So you didn't really know it. Well, but that's the thing is I was sitting there as he's playing these songs and I'm typing in my phone. Okay. I got to get this one. I got to get this one, which is rare. I mean, you go to a concert, you hear the new stuff and you're just kind of like, it's okay. It's okay. You got to hear it a few times to really kind of get into you. Right. But, um, but it was so good that, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. So, I, I mean, it was, it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And, the sound quality was fine. It didn't bother me one bit. Um, we were sitting in like a kind of a suite that was back far away from the stage. So we weren't really even that close, but he just put on a great show and I thought the venue was, was pretty good. So I, I mean, I liked it, you know, like I said, the outside of the buildings ugly, but I went to what's the one in Houston. Um, minute made, it actually looks very, very similar to minute made on the outside. So, but the inside they did, right. I was going to say if, if it works, inside is where you watch the games yeah or watch the concert yeah yeah that's that really um i think uh i think overall it's a great great thing for the city simply because you know it was funny my daughter actually asked me we were going to the martin game and uh she said you know why do they if we have this whole ballpark here why do they need a whole other ballpark and I'm like, well, I agree with you to some extent because I like this one way better. Me too. But, you know, when you're looking at it from a baseball point of view, you can never get pitchers here into Texas because it's 112 degrees in the summertime. Or, well, I, you know, I can tell you somebody has season tickets for a long time. Yep. I couldn't give them away. No. People would be like, uh, it's a two o'clock Sunday. No. Nope. They're passing. <laughs> Are you kidding. And I remember going to one game where the tops of my legs got burnt to a crisp. Yes. Uh, so, whereas now, 72 degrees you take it easy it's a it's pretty deal. nice it's a pretty pretty good gig it's ac in there and right. it's uh it's pretty nice i haven't been have you been with the the roof open yet yes i have you have how was that it was great too i it's mean awesome. it was more felt more like the old park it yeah. felt, had that feeling of ah okay nice a little more baseball-esque as yes. opposed to being in, yeah. indoors in a building but heck we're in texas when it's that hot out you're right there I, if i was a pitcher would you want to pitch when it's 100 degrees or 102 or no no because no, it affects your contracts too you can't uh when you have diminishing stats you play for a team you may get a huge contract but it affects your next deal because your statistics aren't as good and they base it off of that they don't right. say oh well you played in a bad ballpark when it was you know a thousand degrees and guys are launching balls out of the field you know you, you don't get that benefit of the doubt so it cost them money it did which and, is why they and, wouldn't come in the third time around the batting order they're tattooing you because you're tired yes that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah that's all just part of the game so so the american dream show you're doing right. that once every two months every two months right do you have a contract is there a period of time that you're with them until like it's it's open-ended open-ended okay it, it it's mutual right uh, i can say i'm done or they can say you're done yeah if they don't like what they're seeing how many um of other episodes have they put out thus far in other cities i've i've looked at a bunch of them i, uh-huh. I don't know the actual count on them roughly um, just I, I mean i really don't know yeah, yeah. I'm, but I, several I, yeah i looked at it i watched a bunch of them beforehand yeah. and, you know had the ones i liked right the ones i didn't like they have one an agent in austin who did a wonderful one i watched her video went, wow yeah um i did not know you could go surfing behind your boat Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, wake she, surfing. Yeah, she did. Sure, it. sure. So first she showed all that, and she's you know she's from the Austin area, works at luxury market, and at yeah. the end she was got out there and surfed on it. Start pulling, like, throw that rope right, in, and, and like, just ride the wave in the like, back. <laughs> <laughs> but she did a great job of presenting Austin. Yeah, like knowing Austin and liking it, and she yeah. did a, a beautiful. Wonder, and she was, you know, she's attractive. She could spoke very well i don't know how i'll do but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey listen you're attractive and you speak really well too buddy yeah. animated with the arms but hey we'll, right. we'll work on that in time um so 
you know, big TV star now, which uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm think is amazing because you're a perfect fit for this deal. I think it's going to be awesome for I, you. I hope it is. But let's get into the realtor side of things a little bit. Right. Um, TV is awesome and uh, it's fun. But um, let's chat a little bit about um, how you're doing today. Now, one thing that I wanted to ask you about and see how it's going is I've had uh, your teammate or partner, uh, Conrad Jackson, here with me before. We've right. chatted many on many of occasions about a lot of things. But one of the things is your uh, neighborhood that you're building in Hillsboro. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so this is quite the um, project, I guess you would call it, right? I it, mean, it, it's an undertaking. Yes. Well, it's our first one. So yeah. We're yeah, right. learning as we go. Yes. Um, so how's your experience been with that? Oh, well, it's exciting. N number one, uh, working with Conrad, I, I just, he is a pro. Yep. You know, so it, yeah, I'm I'm honored to even you know the two of us are working together. It's helpful to have really smart people in your in your corner. It and is. He's it, one it, of those guys, and he's one of those guys you can totally trust him. He's yep. just as honest as they come. He's smart as can be. Yep. So it makes it easier to you know kind of say, okay, this is a big undertaking, mm -hmm. but we can do this. Yeah. yeah. I've I've taken the attitude as a now that if other people have done it, yeah, I can do it. We can do it. Yeah, yep. This is not, it's not rocket science. It's, yep. you know, this is developing. Yeah. And if we haven't been able to figure that out after all these years, as far as what do people want, what, what would be a good area? Mm -hmm. you know, it, and it seems like we did our homework. He worked endlessly on other projects that didn't, you know, things that didn't work out. Yeah. A lot of uh, trial and error. Right. A lot of it. And so this one, this came out and this was like, we got to jump on this and jump on this now. What's been the most uh, eye-opening part of doing this that you weren't quite prepared for and just, uh, oh. you know, kind of hit you a little like, wow, I didn't realize that there was this much involved in this type of deal. Well, I'm also on the board of directors in Viridian. Okay. So in that we've done bond issues to uh -huh. build. So I know the expense of putting in roads, sewers, right. everything. I mean, it's crazy. The last phase of Viridian that we put in, it was $38 million wow. just to put all that stuff in one section of it. Wow. So, I mean, ours is small compared, right, to, compared that. to that. Right. Um, but you but know, you've seen it on scale. So you I've have seen it on concept. scale to get an idea of what it is, but then the, what all goes into it, you're taking a piece of land and first you got to talk to the city. Uh, we had to have them incorporate some of it. We, we took three pieces of land, and put it together. Part of it was in the city of Hillsborough. Part of it was not. Right. So we had to first. You have to go talk to the city and try to say this is what we want to do, and get them. You know, finding out what their needs were, what they wanted, and I felt like our conversations went great because yeah. uh, Conrad and I and his father, uh, and also my wife is helping too. Our idea. That's a whole family affair you guys yeah, got going we, on. We want it to be not just the same old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want just little tiny brick houses. Right. Uh, these are going to be start, we're aiming at starter homes, elementary school right there. Yes. Yeah. You know, we want there to be, which is great because there's none of those out there anymore. Right. And that's, the, we, we want front porches. Mm -hmm. We want back patios. Mm -hmm. We want it to be a neighborhood. Yeah. And the other thing that we're pushing hard on is we want garages that can fit a Ford F-250 in it. Right. <laughs> Uh, not 19 by 19, right. you know, we're trying to get 23, <laughs> 25 feet deep, yeah. you know, cause that's, we're in Texas. Come on. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, got massive trucks. Right. right. And I mean, so, and I've, I've sold people houses where the whole thing was, can we even get that in the garage? And we, I've had plenty of them where, nope, nope, nope. You know, so we're trying to make houses that we. That you'd want to live in. Right. That we want to live in or yeah. that I've sold enough to people that I've, I've noticed what they want. And yeah. Conrad has a similar experience. Yeah. And it's funny how when we talk, we see the same demands constantly. So that's what we're kind of going for. Well, it's funny right now, especially because, um, and I don't, I've been l doing a little research on this, but not a ton, but 
when uh, you know obviously the market shifted a lot since you know earlier this year and um, our biggest issue that we had in DFW especially was just supply we didn't have enough homes and the problem was more than anything is you had a lot of institutional buyers that were coming in of uh, these large companies not not mom and pop investors but like large hedge funds capital oh. uh, or uh, private equity companies yeah buying up properties yes. and which put a stress on the demand and the supply that we had, you know, available. Yes. And now, you know, you see these stats coming out to say we have 11 to 12 months of supply available in the market. Now this isn't DFW, this is nationwide, right. but they're very, those are deceiving, deceiving statistics because I think if, and, and again, I haven't done full research on this, but I think it was something like six or seven months of that are, are homes that aren't even completed yet. Right. Like they're not available for sale because they're not done because these massive builders have literally cranked everything down and stopped because they're terrified of where things are going. So right. this extra eight or nine months of supply that's sitting on supposedly that we have available may never come available in the next year or two because they're not finishing these homes. Right. They're just going to stall it out. Yeah. I've a good friend who is uh, president of a company that does insulation for housing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Coventry homes uses their product. And he said, because of the shortages that were happening, uh, that they were all buying excess. Now they're overflowing. Buying tons of it and putting it in their own storage units so they didn't have to wait. They wouldn't have their houses sitting. Yeah. So, yeah. So he saw like a 30% decline in July. Yeah. He said, no, it's going to, it will go back up as right. they exhaust their supplies. But home companies got really wiped out after 2008. Yeah. And I think now they're, they're gun shy. They think it's going down. They're going, whoa, 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 hold that. We are not going to get stuck with tens of millions of dollars of homes sitting yes. here unbought. Yeah, there was a massive amount of uh, builders that went out of business after 2008. Right. I mean, I, I think they almost lost half the market almost right. to some extent. I mean, when you count small builders along with everybody along with else. all the huge ones that yeah. went under. So, yeah. It, it, and I, so I get they were burned. Mm -hmm. But you're, but I, there was a, and still is an issue with the big institutional buyers, the private equity firms. Yeah. I don't mind. I understand sellers taking their offers because they were paying. You got to get the most dollars. money you can get, right? Right. That's, that's your job. That's America. That's yep. my job is represent my seller. But Still, you'd watch and you'd see poor individual consumers who couldn't find a house yeah. because the investors were buying them all. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not and ha has not been. And I've noticed a lot less of it. Whereas a year ago, if it was basically below 400,000, investors were all over them. Yeah. And so I, I think even though with higher interest rates, I still think for first time home buyers, it's getting a lot better than it used to be. Well, the prices are getting back to where where they're more reasonable and that, and that's the issue it wasn't you know um i made a video about this not too long ago when you were when we were looking at today buying a home versus say eight months ago right well eight months ago if the house was listed for let's say four hundred thousand, it was selling for 480 or 470. i was gonna say 20 percent over yeah it was un not unusual not at all wasn't no. And, and, and then, so, and especially when you look at like towards the end when prices were really, really elevated. Yes. Right. And then everything kind of comes, I would say, I hate to use the word crashing down, but it, it adjusted, let's say pretty significantly it adjusted very quickly in the last couple of months and at a very quick rate, which is unusual. Right. Um, so people kind of panicked a little bit. Sure. But what you saw was if I was listing my house, let's say you sold your house in our neighborhood in December, right. right? And you listed it at 400 and you sold it for 480. Right. Then I decide I'm going to list my house in March or April of this year. Right. Maybe even May. And I saw your home sold for 470. You listed it at four, but it sold for what am I going to list my home for? Five, 500, 480. Yeah, that's basically, I would tell you as an agent, 
What do you want to ask? Yes. There almost wasn't a point of no. ridiculousness. You could ask almost anything. That's right. And, and then, and then now, if I did that, now my house is sitting because yes. you weren't getting a showing. I was overpriced, way overpriced. Yes. And it's not because people are saying, well, the home values are, you know, markets are crashing. I'm like, well, they're, they're adjusting to where they should be. They're getting back to a reasonable level, but we're still going to see anywhere between, you know, six to 10% appreciation this year. I mean, a lot of the Freddie Mac and Fannie are coming out saying, yeah, we're still going to have a 10% appreciation across the board. And every market's different, of course, you know, and you can't say one for the other, right. but, but in Dallas, Fort Worth, yes, we're, 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 I think one of the healthier markets. Yes. Well, we always have been, we were in the 2008 when everything crashed right. then, you know, we really we went didn't down. Feel. We didn't crash. We just no. went down. No. Um, yeah, yeah but I, I'm closing a house on Friday that, you know, we got, 35,000 over asking on it. Oh, wow. But it was, we, well, other people, you know, we're talking 395 as we priced it. Well, sure. one down the street had sold for 440. Right. And ours, you know, wasn't quite as nice, but we decided let's, you know, let's go lower and see what happens. People fighting over it. You know, that is a really clever strategy, actually. And, I think and, it is. And I didn't even think about that where you're, you know, it's something obviously you're going to have to explain to your seller you know, give them justification for it or whatever. Right. But you know, if you've got homes that are sitting in your neighborhood that you look at and go, these are probably overpriced and you could price your house just a little bit under maybe what you think it would be worth. Right. You might even pick up an extra five to 10% in offers because you're going to have people go, why, why is this house so much cheaper than these other ones yeah. when it's just as good or in, sometimes even better conditions? I've done over the last couple of years, I've done that a lot Yeah. where I said, let's price them where they should be. Right. And they still went up and this, it, it just shows you, this was 400,000. It was a beautiful home. Uh -huh. Not perfect, but yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And we had three people who just were wanting it desperately. So wow. they each kind of drove it up and we're, like I said, we're closing it this Friday, listed wow. it like August 4th. So I didn't even make a month on the market. So they're still happening. You hear that all the realtors out there, <laughs> you don't have to list your house at the highest price point in order to get a good deal for yourself. Oh, no. I mean, buyers are sophisticated. Us agents are supposed to be sophisticated. So if we can't tell what a deal is and look yeah. at it and show it, say that someone, listen, you better look at this now. And if you like it, you better come in. You know, I can justify the comps here. I'm not going to worry about the appraisal. It's going to appraise just fine. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's better than pricing it high and letting it sit there. Yeah. Because I mean, very simply, if I'm a buyer, it's easy for me to talk to a buyer and say, listen, you love this house. So how long has it been in the market? Five days. Right. You're going to offer one price. If I tell you two months, you're going to offer something. something totally different. So yeah. the whole idea of we can always come down, you're blowing the best time yeah. to get the highest price. Yeah. Well, and with the shift now, because it was such a seller dominated market and now the buyers are getting more control, which again, it's a good thing. I don't it think is. it's a bad thing. You have to have balance. You can't have one side of the equation dominating the other because it makes for no good. I mean, I had my, um, by the way, another, another disclosure here. So my wife, Susan, who is a realtor, uh, started her real estate career with Mr. David. Right. Um, and, uh, I met him and I was like, well, if I'm going to get my wife into this business, she's, he's oh. the guy that she's going to have to learn from because by the way, she's wonderful. Yes, she, she is really wonderful. Is. She's great. Um, but I asked her to send me a list of all of the homes in Mansfield and I, I'd picked a price range. I think it was like $300,000 and up. Right. That had been sitting on the market for more than 30 days. Okay. S something in that. That's, uh, that's a good ask. And so there was, I want to say there was somewhere around 15 to 20, somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. okay. But what was crazy is when I looked at the listings for each one of them who listed them, right. 
of that, let's say there was 20 of the 20, 15 of them were either open door or uh, some sort of eye buyer, Redfin, somebody like that. Right. Okay. 15 of the 20 that were still on the market for over 30 days. Right. And the biggest difference was that they had done nothing to the property. So they were listing it at top value. So we're, we're asking for the top price point. Right. But the house was in complete disarray. Holes in the wall, nothing right. painted. It looked like garbage. I've experienced the same thing. Right. And, and so nowadays, because the market's balancing back out, buyers have more of a say. So if you're going to list your house and you want to get top dollar, well, it better look good. Because they don't want to walk in and have to put fifteen or twenty thousand dollars in the property, right? I, no, most buyers can't see past what they see. Right. I mean, you can sit there and go, "Listen, for three thousand dollars, you could get all these holes patched up and do this." People still kind of go, "I don't want to do that." Yeah. I want to move in. I've got work to do. I just want to move in. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm one who can see past that. I think you can too. Yeah. I mean, being in the business, yeah. There's opportunity in that, but for the, your general people, I think I think the eye buyers who we're talking about, if you want to group them into a, a name, I think they've been overpaying for them. Oh yeah, yeah. And and now, you know, from what I've seen, the numbers they're hemorrhaging money. Yes, hemorrhaging. Yes. And there's one in Viridian where I do a lot of work, and I sold the house four years ago for like three twenty five. Mm -hmm. They had it in the market for five forty. <laughs> Now they're down to like 485. Of course. Well, yeah. Still too high. Yeah. You know? It's well, then you see those massive drops, and then the buyer goes, Well, what's wrong with this house? I, I do. Right. As an agent, yeah. I kind of go, hmm. Yeah, someone should be fired over that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think it's even greater. Um, it's an even greater representation of why real estate is so incredibly local. Because you know, you've seen, and I, there's more of a player now too. I don't know if you've noticed this, but with real estate brokerages, there are these big companies that are coming in and I won't say any names, but that are coming in and, and basically buying the brokerage essentially, right? right. And putting technology in place as a platform to say, Hey, you know, here's, here's, we're going to offer all this to all your agents and, and have this available to you. And right. I don't, I think the jury's out if this is a good or a bad thing. I, I don't it know. Just is. We don't know. Right. right. But but at least I'll give those companies credit in that they're understanding that you cannot replace the realtor. You really can't. Right. Not in a centralized, you can't have somebody representing, you know, like Redfin try to list with us. You know, we'll we'll set this up. There was no contact. Nobody, none of the agents wanted to work with them. You know, they were right. a pain in the behind because it's such a local business, real estate is, that I don't know that it's possible to replace agents. I think I can be replaced, but I don't, know, I don't know that it's possible to replace agents in local markets because of the knowledge base that comes with it. I mean, heck, like we talked about in the beginning, you have TV shows coming after you for the reason that you understand your area and you know right. the market. And I don't think that that's something that can be replaced by an iBuyer or the computer. I, I would agree with all of that. I can, I don't know how many years ago, I'm going to say 20 years ago, yeah. the big thing was that we're going to be, realtors will be gone. Everything will be done on computer, yep. buy, a little bit like buying a car online. Yeah. You won't even be needed. You won't right. even be around. We're more a part of it now. You yes. know, we talked about people trying to sell the houses themselves. With the new computers, they won't need you. And yet, for example, owner business used to be about 12% of all sales. Now it's like 6%. Yep. So actually- It's gone the other direction. It's gone the other direction. Yep. So, I mean, I do agree that you, you know, we seem to be more important than ever. 
even though the system has been automated, yes. which has allowed us to be much more flexible. It's much easier now to write a contract, send it over, get it signed. Unlike the old days where you had to meet with them, fill it out by hand, yeah. go meet with the agent, shake hands with them, talk to them about it, then call you back. It is a long process. I'm glad we have a much better platforms than that. But as far as needing eyes and, and advice, as of now, it's still needed. Now, yeah. will it be that way 50 years from now? Who knows? Well, and, and the agents out there right now that are struggling a little bit because the market has shifted so much and, you know, good, good or bad, you know, uh, the last, you know, I said 10 years, but let's just say the last three or four years in particular, you didn't have to do much, but have a cell phone and a number and, and have a business card and people were going to be calling you yes. uh, because there was such a frenzy. But now a lot of that has dried up and now you have to be the professional agent, which to your point in that, yeah, the technology's gotten better. You can write contracts easier. You can have signatures. You can create amendments. You can, you know. Well, and people can see the houses online. They see the pictures. That's right. Or it used to be you had to put them in your car and go. And I mean, yeah, good riddance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now now it's a place where all of that is available to to create the ease of, of buying a home. Sure. However, that means you have to be that much more knowledgeable in your neighborhood in your well specifically like you do viridian right, right. viridian is your specialty you, you live there you sell there you're on the board there i'm I mean, slogan about that yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean you need t-shirts and stuff i mean that right. that's your gig but the reason that you have that much success and you've made i mean you haven't made you you had a career before that but this has been your focus um and and made another career out of it is that um your knowledge of that area is so much more surpassed anybody else that could even think about stepping into that neighborhood and having the information that you do. yeah i mean it's a big neighborhood and there's plenty of room but I, right. I um friday i closed my 128th home there that's crazy uh, <laughs> right and i mean it, it it does have a momentum going yeah. uh, and i i enjoy it i right. am on the board of directors i i'm very involved i've learned how to sail I mean, as you know i've been running for over 40 years i can go out my front door and go for a nice 4.7 mile run around the lake into the woods and yeah it's see 20 people you sold a house to <laughs> walk my dog do the same thing right <laughs> but i mean it is all just part of it's easy to sell something you love yeah uh and i you know and i, I will say from from everything we're talking about conrad yeah he's you know i may be like the one who taught him what kind of what am I, what things do, but he's, he's far better than I am. He's, yeah. got, he's got a neighborhood in Midlothian that he's been yes. in, 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 in time. I'm sure it'll happen. He'll, 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 well, that's, he wants it. He will probably sell more than anybody there. That's one of the pieces of advice that you gave my wife early on that she told me about that I thought was just tremendous. And I still believe it is that, um, you know, pick an area, pick a neighborhood. You, you don't, we, we think we have to be all things to all people. And, that makes you medium to average at all things to all people, right? Yeah. If, if you're really good. Right. So, but if you're an expert at one thing or one area and you have hyper focus on that, you can have a ton of success because right. nobody will be able to surpass your knowledge in that situation. Right? And I'll tell you that even in Viridian now, I'm listing houses that people bought using other agents. Yeah. Uh, but they want the guy who sells everything in Viridian. Right. And I've been on the other side of that where I've worked hard with someone, found the right house. And all of a sudden, you know, five years later, I see, you know, kept in contact. They listed with someone else. I'm like, well, they seem to sell everything in the neighborhood, Dave. Can't blame them. No, I really can't. I mean, so yeah. And, and, and to me, it's almost like a segue that um, something I learned 
in the rock and roll business was the same thing. Yeah. Uh, with Pantera, uh -huh. um, uh, Vinny and Daryl's uh, dad told me that very young, he told them, this is a business of specialization. Yeah. If you're trying to be all things to all people, you'll be nothing. You'll right. be just another band playing at the local bar. Yep. Work working Get somewhere itch. else at a real job. Mm -hmm. And he said, they, he, he was like, he told them specialize in something. Yeah. And that's when they decided to go to a heavy, you know, full in sound that exploded. So, okay. So since you brought segway, it up, segway, yeah. since you brought it up. All right. So my favorite story is, and I want you to tell it, I, I've heard it before, but it's been a while, um, is uh, how you met those guys. Okay. Because, um, so if anybody doesn't know, Pantera is actually a local band. Um, they're the, right. one of the OG local bands, right. uh, cause they were originally here in Arlington right. and, um, and you were selling with, were you with Remax at the no, time? No, I was with Century 21, Century 21. Boswell on okay. Cooper, on South Cooper. So my favorite part, and I want you to tell the whole story is about in the, in the, and the lesson to this story is never judge a book by its cover never. and, and always be kind to all people, because oh. if you're not, then you miss out on tremendous opportunities. Yes. So, so tell me the, well, tell us the story. Yeah. Back in the day, we had what they called floor duty, which is, you know, you, you worked the phones. You were, uh -huh. you were an unpaid assistant is what you were. But right. if anyone called on a sign, you know, which is what they had to, there was no internet to do things. Uh, you know, they, you'd get the client, you know, it was yours, whether it was good, bad or whatever. And usually you worked with one other person and you rotated people. Right. Well, it was not my turn. And then walk in two young ladies into the office and describe these young ladies. <laughs> they looked like they probably worked at adult establishments. Okay, there Let's we go. Got that it. That, that's, I think that's very saying. PC. I think you're good yeah. there. And I will flat out say that one of them who's a great friend of mine now, it's her uh, birthday today. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday, Rita. Happy birthday, um, Rita. Yeah, and it wasn't, it was, you know, bottom line was they were dating the drummer from Pantera. Right. And he was going to buy her a home. Right. But you didn't know that at the time. I didn't know it. I just, I took them, you know, once again, they came in. I said, let's, you know, and it really, they weren't even my clients. It's supposed right. to be their guy. And he looked at me and said, you can have them. Right. He didn't even went, want them. You're okay. like, there's two human beings standing in front of me that will, are who say I want to buy a house. I'm so not going to say no. So let's go talk, figured it out. Let's find some homes, go show them the houses. Yeah. And we developed a friendship. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the young lady who was going to buy the house didn't. Uh, they broke up, didn't buy it. But Daryl's girlfriend, uh, Rita, called me about a month later and said, you know what? I appreciate you taking this out and I want to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to buy it. It's not my boyfriend. It's me. Dimebag like, Daryl, by the way. Yeah. Dimebag Daryl. Daryl. It was his, his, his girlfriend. Yeah. And so I found her a house and sold her. And what kind of might helped a bunch was it came time for closing and she, she was like $500 short of, of money for closing. Mm -hmm. So I just said, take it out of my commission. Pay me when just you can help her out. Yep. She walked in with cash about a month or so later and oh, just wow. said, thank you so much. I, that was just the coolest thing ever. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And we just kind of built a friendship. Yeah. You know, once again, she told me, and she told me about her boyfriend, her, you know, Pantera. And I, I was kind of like, okay. Now at know? that time, I don't even, Pantera was, I mean, they were no. a band obviously, but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't national. They were just hitting. Right. Um, and two years later, I get a phone call from her. You know, I kept in touch. I sent posts. Hey, Rita. Yeah, you your normal, doing? like yeah. you're, you're past clients. You're you maintaining, it. sending your postcards. You and got it. Happy birthdays. And, and she yeah. says, hey, my boyfriend just came back in town. He's been on tour for the last year and a half. They did Far Beyond Driven, which is, I, and they've been touring with Kiss and all this stuff. And yeah. I, I'm still on it. Never heard of him. You know? Right. And you're like, but sounds okay. good. Okay. <laughs> and Do they so know she, Barry Manilow? Or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, the, the funny thing on that was that, um, yeah, at that time I was heavily into Yanni. So, okay. you know, <laughs> and I told Daryl that when I met him. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so I, nobody's heavy into Yanni, by the way. Right. I enjoyed Yanni. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, I, 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 different era, I faxed over all the houses. <laughs> this was like at four o'clock in the afternoon. Can you fax these over? And it matches criteria. I said, I'm like 30 homes. Yeah. Yeah, we want land. And by the way, for all you kids out there, faxing oh. is where you put a piece of paper into something that looks like a printer and it sends it to somebody else and they get a piece of paper as a copy from far away. Right. So, I'm, I'm, so I, I sent them, <laughs> let's just say I sent them the houses and the next morning she calls me, leaves a message saying, can you look at these five? And this is like at 730 in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, she goes, I said, well, you know, we're vampires, you know, when you rock and rollers, you play at night. You're, we drove around, looked at every single house. Yeah. I was like, my goodness. Um, this is where he lives. Pick him up at three o'clock. That was my introduction. So I go to the door, you know, where's where he lives. Let's by the way, describe what you're wearing at this time too, by the way, just cause I, you know, actually today, you know, you got the little pullover with yeah. the, I mean, you look kind of hip there. Dave looked like superstar, you know, television star, but I was normally wearing a white long sleeve shirt with a tie and I had my <laughs> coat in the, in the car and the khakis. And I, the... You know, I was wearing the dress uniform. You know? Yes. Um, so I go to the door and this guy opens the door and they, they were living with their mom. So they've been on tour. They're yeah. now getting wildly successful. For those who don't know, they had the number one, album in the country and it was a, the first metal band to ever before metallica they had a number one album i didn't know that yes so pantera was the first classified as metal band to have the number have one number one album and that was uh the cowboys from hell that was far beyond driven okay far beyond driven. after okay. vulgar came out it was so big when far beyond driven came out it went crazy wow okay and when i met them they just come off that tour they had they'd been in europe russia uh japan australia south america touring you know with kiss and doing some big ones wow all kind of, so of course and i i anyway i go to the door i knock on and this big guy answers his name was big val mm -hmm. and he's like who are you and i was like i'm here here to see daryl <laughs> yeah. daryl you're right you, you so, asked daryl they're like <laughs> well he, he looks at me and he goes oh you're the realtor guy i was like yeah and he goes I watch my exploits, but basically he let, read me the ride. Oh, you, it's fine. You can say whatever. Of, I better take care of him right. or, or else. And I was just like, holy crap, what am I getting into? <laughs> so I go inside, I sit down and wait. And a little while longer, he walks this guy who's got his hair pulled back. And he, he truthfully, he looked tired. Yeah. And he was, sure he, he was, was exhausted. Yeah. So I didn't know who he was, anything else. He got in the car. We drove around, looked at those houses and we just became friends. Yeah. You know, he asked me if, boy, if you could do anything you wanted, what would you do? I was like, I'm doing it. I enjoy this. Yeah. You know, and in my world, I said, I enjoy finding it and getting it right. Yeah. And anyone who knew him, he, his, his comeback to me was, no, would you get a nut off on doing this? Don't you? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. I get a nut off. Doing That's this. right. <laughs> yes. But that was the way he talked. And we just became friends. That's yeah. what he asked me. He said, Hey, what do you listen to? I was like, you know, Yanni. Yanni. <laughs> he busted out laughing. He's like, you got to be kidding. And he said, how about this? I said, well, I grew up, you know, I, you know, I was a 12, 13 year old. I was into Black Sabbath, Alice right. Cooper, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, okay, that's okay. good. At least we got some hope for you. You got to get a little bit of common ground. And then we were looking in North Arlington. He wanted an acre of land. He wanted a place so he could put a gate up so he could have some privacy. Uh -huh. And once again, I still didn't know anything about him. Uh, and he said, you're near guitar center. And he said, do you mind if we go in there and a few things? But then we've been talking, having a great time. Sure. We go in there. You know, I, I'm, it's funny before you tell about what happened when you go in there, but the, the idea that he gets to sit in a car with you 
who really doesn't know anything about him, right? He's used to being around fans and crazy people that are just in his grill 24-7 that always have something that they want from him, right? right? Most of the time. And then he meets Simple Dave, who's just hanging out, <laughs> showing some houses in his khakis, you know, just like, what what kind of music? Do you, you play the guitar? Oh, that's nice. You know, like, just I didn't know. Completely oblivious. I knew right? nothing about it. I knew he was in the band. Right. So I but did. that had to be refreshing for him, though, right? Oh, well, I, I could tell. It had to be. He was chuckling. He was having a good time. Yes. I, I said, no, you're kind of important to the band. He kind of kind chuckled. Of a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to Guitar Center. Right. And it took us like an hour and a half to get out of there. Yeah. Because everyone, there, everyone there was just like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. You know what I'm well, you just walked in, they saw you. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Me. <laughs> so you know, we got back in the car and I was like, Wow, you are you're pretty popular, aren't you? And he goes, Yeah, but now you understand what why I need what I need. Yeah. Yeah. And so we actually found a house in Mansfield. Oh wow. Uh got it under contract and so I got my brother to see it, Benny Paul, and I want my mom to see it. And his brother came out, and we wrote the contract, signed it, got the gig. I'm thinking, oh, great, we got the house. His brother looks at it. I could see him kind of discussing it like, no, no. He gets in the car, and his words were, I'm skitzing. And I was like, what do you mean exactly? I don't want the house. He can keep there his money. I don't care. I don't want the house. Huh. And that's when Mansfield was still a dry city. Yeah. Oh, anyway. yeah. Oh, wow. That was so, And I remember being like, so like, oh. It's gonna be the biggest house I've ever sold. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I remember going home and, and my wife being like, like, go find him another place. <laughs> so the next day I went and found the house that he ended up buying oh, in, wow. in Delwood in the gardens. Yeah. I called him. I called because he didn't get up till three or four in yeah. the afternoon. And I called him I was like, I went and looked at it and I called him and said, Daryl, I found your house. Now it's here. I've got it. And so we go look at it. And he he's like, You're right. This is awesome. I already had the gate. Had a big the people had a huge RV, a fifth wheel, with a woodworking shop, and he wanted to make a studio. He said, "When I want when, I, when something hits me, I want to be able to go play." Right. And I don't if it's two o'clock in the morning. So what? It's got to be soundproof, so my right. neighbors don't hear it. Yeah. And that's what he made it. He called it Chase and Jason Studios. <laughs> um, and that night, so then I go home. I'm like, I was getting ready to go out of town the next morning. Yeah. You know, go meet my wife's family who I hadn't met before because it showed my wife yet, and. Um, and so I call him and say, listen, I got the contract ready. Let me come and get you signing. Hey, I'm at the bowling alley. Come on over. Long story short, I walked in the house at seven in the morning because um, Daryl had to initiate me. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't leave, right? When you get there, he's like, no, Dave, you got to hang out. You got to meet everybody. And we actually went back to his mom's house. He had a recording studio in the garage and we made a song. Oh, wow. So I actually have a song that I would never the whole Did you world hear it. play or sing? Or? I sang why he played and you have that i have it oh wow that's amazing right and it's it's awful singing you know just terrible because i'm thinking i'd sing blah, blah, and he's like no i just sing Arr. you know and i'm like, i bet you that Arr. thing would be worth a lot of money by I, the way. Probably I know you'd never it, sell it, it but i'm just saying it's pathetic that it really, it, but but just given you know what's happened and all that kind of stuff and right. what at what stage of their career that was in and it, it was fun yeah. in fact he, he would give me a hard time and uh you, you probably know it but he also then he liked to give everyone a nickname. Everyone had a nickname in Daryl's world. Uh, his brother was called Riggs. Uh, the reason he called him Riggs is because he could, as he called it, he could jerry-rig anything. Right. <laughs> what do you, so what do you mean? Well, if we're on tour. We got something's not working. Give me some gum. Give me some tape. We'll make this work. So right. he just started. Yeah, this he, Daryl called him Riggs. Yeah. No one else did, but Daryl right. did. And he had, everyone had a name. He had you know, Bobby Tongs. That's not even close to his name, but 
Anyway, mine became. Class. We don't need to know why Bobby Tongues was called Bobby. Yeah, I I never asked. Okay, because Daryl, his name is Daryl too. He's a great guy, and his yeah. wife super people. Uh, I just became good friends, and his nickname for me was Class Classic Plastic Ken. Plastic Ken. Yeah, so Classic Plastic. Classic, because I had the my hair was getting gray. CPK. He, so he thought, and I actually gave him for Christmas. I actually went and got a Ken doll. Painted the hair white and modified it and gave it to him. It, it's still on the wall of his house today oh, that's awesome. because that's awesome. it, it had, had so much fun with it. Yeah. I also did a guitar for him uh, where I super glued, I painted it uh, fluorescent pink uh -huh. and super glued dimes all over it and gave it to him for his birthday. And he actually sold it to Hard Rock Casino. It's in the Hard Rock Casino in Florida. So, so and so I the called it the spare dime. He never played it, but no. it, it, it's, you, you can. It's there. <laughs> wow. So the guitar that you gave Daryl that you made like with, with glue and like, you well, know. yeah, it was in my, my assistant time, Deidre, her boyfriend uh, played guitar was uh -huh. honored that I was going to, so I took it apart, spray painted it, put this and gave it to him for birthday present. I called it the spare dime. I maybe a little rhyme in there for him. You know, when you're out in the, on the, in the, on tour and things break down, use your spare dime. When things aren't going right, you can't wear it. Use your spare dime. I kind of made a little thing where that, and he just, he loved stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, but big long story short on that, he bought that house. We became very, very good friends. Uh, when he was, you know, I wasn't like a business friend, you yeah. know, it, I was a friend. Yeah. And yeah, but, you were his buddy. But whenever they came to town, whatever was going on, I mean, I, I've met some. I mean, you've been to pretty much every metal concert on planet. So just, just real quick rundown all, and not just there, but like, backstage meeting the guys yes. like hanging with everybody partying with that at daryl's yes. house i mean it, it, and in fact i will tell you how much of a metal my son with the time was 14 uh, uh who's now 41 yeah. um he's got a 13 year old daughter her first concert was last year it was tool i love i'm a huge tool fan and, and, tool. Then, and then her first concert with me and with uh with her father uh her metal concert was slipknot <laughs> With the masks and the whole, with the whole gig yes. with, with wage war and and, and, and truthfully, we, and she had a ball. I mean, yeah. she's a, just like her father, just straight A student. My yeah. son, you know, was very smart, very studious. Yeah. And here he was going out and hanging out at Dimebag Daryl's house with his dad. <laughs> and all his friends were like, you're what? You know, yeah, we would take him to concerts and the friends would be like, when you said you knew him, I didn't know what you like, like you're like best friends, your buddies. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, we were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, but yeah, he, and that is, you know, when he, when unfortunately was tragically killed, I got to meet Eddie Van Halen and <sighs> Scott Ian. And, you know, I, I could go on. I mean, true, I could name drop like crazy. I won't. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was just a normal day. Dave Grohl. Again, <laughs> I did drop that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it, it's again, it's, it's such a, it, it's, it's my favorite story because it is, it's a, it's a story that represents truly who you are. And, and I don't mean this in, you know, in like trying to butter you up, Dave, but I mean, I truly mean this in that you're one of the most genuine people that I've ever met. Oh, wow. Whatever comes out of your mouth is what you feel. You don't, you don't put out airs. You don't cover stuff up. I mean, you just are who you are. Wow. And the fact that you sat in an office and somebody was like, I don't want to deal with these ladies. Oh, and you, and you said, well, I'll take them out because I mean, they're just people, right? They're, they're just human beings. So I'm going to show them a house. And because you did that, because that's one small act of kindness or, or not even act of kindness, just not being a jerk, you yeah, know, really? I, why wouldn't I treat him nicely? Right. But, right. I mean, but that one thing 
set your whole life on a whole other course. It I did. mean, take the real estate stuff out of it. Obviously, that was great. And you know, you met a lot of contacts and sold some homes. I have I have lifetime friends. For sure. But you have, yeah, you have so many people that you've created relationships with in a in a in a world that you never would have ever been exposed to, most likely. Right. And I knew nothing about to right. be real blunt. And it's like everything. Once you learn that they're doing a job like everyone. Yeah. And like Daryl told me, and that's the other thing too. I remember after I got to know him, I asked Rita, his girlfriend, and Rita and I are still very good friends. Yeah. We still talk a lot. We still hang out. I still do things. Um, I said, do you call him Dime or do you call him Daryl? And she said, family calls him Daryl. Yeah. Never called him Dime. Yeah. I always call him Daryl. Yeah. Always did. Always, just always did. Yeah. And, and from that, I, he, I ended up helping Vinny with his house, ended up selling Rexa house. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I became kind of like the band and not all of them. I mean, and then from there, I, I have worked with some other people, you know, band people with it or just friends. So it, it's really, and these are great. These are people I just love, even though we have come from different places and different. Yeah. These are still family. I call them my family. Yeah. Uh, they are like my family. I, I would do anything for any one of them. I mean, they're just wonderful. All the guitar techs and drum techs and all the different because a lot goes into those shows. It's like yeah. everything. This, these people take the credit, but they have a whole mountain of people working their rear ends off for them. Yeah. Now, they're the creative genius. And the big thing I learned that I really found most fascinating was it because they said their first album became big. Mm -hmm. Cowboys from Hell became this gigantic album. And then the second album went bigger. Third, after that kind of started you know, going down a little bit. And he said, well, what happens is that when you're young and new, you're creating riffs, you're broke, you're just working, you're playing all the time, you can write stuff. But then when you start touring, touring is a grind. Right. You're just and, doing the same thing every day. Right. And you're with the same people playing the same songs. You're not experiencing every, new things. Right. So that's why he said, if you'll notice, all these bands have a couple good albums and they kind of fade off. Yeah. It's because your life becomes the band. The band. Yeah. And you're on the road being that mm. and not getting new experiences. Right. And, he, and the other part, he said, he says, it's one thing when you're broke and you're trying, you know, uh, it's easy to write about, especially for metal, like, rawr, you know, life has been rough. Well, you know, you got your own big house. You got everything made. A little better. You're driving nice cars. How mm -hmm. do you keep the rage? Yeah. How do you keep the anger when it's kind of necessary? He said, it gets really hard. Well, they say that about, um, <clears throat> like stand-up comedians. I love stand-up comedy and, and you have a lot of these comedians that'll come along and they'll, their first two or three specials will be amazing. Right. And then they start kind of falling off because they're traveling, they're touring They're Instead of talking about, you know, what I experienced as a kid or this or that or whatever, they're talking about hotels you know, in the, in the airport rough. And don't, don't we like, you know, hate hotels. Cause that's all they've experienced. Yeah. You and I are going, yeah it's like, I mean, I can't really relate to that, you know? So you, you do, you have to go experience life. You have to do different things, right. you know? Yeah. But I mean, to tie it back to real estate, <clears throat> that's part of what's made you so successful over the years is obviously you're great at what you do but you have such a wide breadth of experiences and people that you relate to and that you're right. you run you're part of the metal stuff you like the sailboats i mean you, I do. you have all of these things that you enjoy doing and and what i always anytime i meet new agents and they're you know they'll say well how do i get my business going to this one of the things i always tell them is find something that you're really passionate about whatever it is it, right. it could be a million different things but find that thing and put yourself all the way into it because all the people that are doing that thing with you, whatever it is, yes. will see you for who you are. And when they think about buying or selling their house, you'll be the first person they call because they know your, your character. They know who you are as a person. Right. And so when you have taken your, 
your passion for, you know, which you didn't even know you were going to have, but the metal and going to these concerts oh. and meeting all these people and, and all that. And then your passion for running and your passion for, for, for sailing and all those things. And you put that all together. Right. Well, you meet so many people all throughout different walks of life True. that, that your business just, it just happens. You don't have to do a ton of stuff because you do all that things. Yeah. The, the work part of it is learning. Sales is not about tricking people into anything. It's right. not talking them into anything. Right. It's helping them do what they want to do. Yeah. Finding the right house and then giving them permission to buy it, figuring out a way that they can buy it. Yeah. That's our job. It's not tricky. It's not, you know, you have to learn how to say things to people in the correct way. Sure. You know, because many times, you know, for people, I can tell they love the house, you know, and they want it. They just need someone to say, it's okay. this is okay. Yeah. I'm here to take care of, you know, this stuff, I'll let you know if there's problems. It's ultimately your decision. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you what to do and how to do it. I'm going to help you get what you want. Right. If you want this house, if this is truly what you want. And as long as I still love doing that and I do, I'll keep doing it, but you still have to learn what to say. You have to yeah. learn how to say it. You know, you learn about what works, what can't work, you know, what are traps that could, you know, fall in. Uh -huh. Even now I had one recently, I last week, it fell apart the last minute. It still happens. Um, the gentleman had bought this house. Wow. They got their divorce was finalized from that country, but it didn't mention anything about property. So he goes to sell it now, five years later. And I was like, we got to find her. You got to, you know, I don't know how to get a hold of her. I have no clue. <sighs> It was kind of like, he's like, I can't believe here's a divorce decree. I said, it mentions nothing about property. Right. Nothing. Right. And you got married in Texas, Texas, which yours is hers. Probably, yeah. And no one's going to, no title company is going to do this. Yeah. Because she, she can come back or heirs, if she ever has children, can say, that was half mine. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it all fell apart in the last couple of days. People were approved, ready to go. You, you know, and I didn't yeah. know it either. I thought, because yeah. here's the weird part. It said, when he bought it, it said a single man. It was like, Somebody has my spanning to do here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a single. No, whoop. So I don't know how the gentleman, he's a super nice guy. He really didn't know. He, you know, in my opinion, he didn't know that that would even be an issue, nor did I. It wasn't until a Todd company called me and said, oh, I said, well, certainly we can get a hold of the ex-wife and get it signed, right? Nope. It, it, there's never any lack of surprises. There's no doubt about that. Right. The, the all job these always years, calls that. I think yes. you've seen it all. You haven't. That's kind of the new adventure of this business. So speaking of all those years, so we, we've been doing this for about an hour now. I know it's, it's really? crazy. Yep, goes fast. Right. Okay. But um, so I want to get close here to wrapping it up. But I do want you to talk about because you've been through this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're in. We're our market's changing. It's changing right. rapidly. Yes. You know, which we've used. We're used to things changing, but just not so daggum fast, right? right? I mean, it's this happened in the last three months. So, so speak a little bit about, you know, what you went through during the time selling with 18% interest rates and then also right. what happened in 2008 and how it felt coming right out of that right. and, and, and help other agents and people in the business kind of understand this isn't the end of the world. It's not nope. Armageddon. It's an adjustment, but life goes on. You can do this. Yes. Um, real simple. I mean, it, this, this is, I've been through two other pretty big downturns. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had the SNL crisis yep. and that was the first time in, you know, all of a sudden. Not Saturday Night Live, by the way, young folks, savings and loan, savings and loan. <laughs> savings, yes, savings and loan. So then when it happened in 2008, I already knew, I'd already watched it happen once. Yeah. And the bottom line is if a seller needs to sell and there has been no appreciation, in fact, depreciation, um, 
then they must sell. And two options. You can rent it out, mm-hmm. move on, mm-hmm. took a job transfer, whatever, or you need to price it now because it is if it's continuing to go down, the longer you wait, the less you're going to get. Right. So I'm understanding of it hasn't gone the way you wanted. This wasn't what everyone told you would happen. They told you you'd make mega bucks and buy a house and you it's not happened. Right. If you must sell your house, let's look at the comps here now and let's make sure that we're the first ones out, not the last ones out. Right. And I found that when, when you put it that way, people get it. Right. They understand that, listen, if you wait two more months, it's actually going to get down, probably going to be a little bit less. Yeah. So, and once again, you have to put yourself in the mindset of the buyer. The buyer is going to look at the pricing and features benefits and say, what's my best deal? You don't want to be one of the cheaper houses, be the cheapest one. But if you're talking like a thousand or $2, you know, in other words, get out now so that three months from now, you're not dropping your price even more and taking even less. It's not hard to convince people that when they see that happening, Mm -hmm. when they see that every month it's kind of going down, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, and like now in that time it went down right you know this is just it's this is easy yeah right and it's not all price ranges it's not all areas so it's best just to say you know come back to do you have to move Mm -hmm. if the answer is yes then the longer you wait you're probably going to get less money yeah so let's i don't want to give away money we don't have to but at the same time if we can get out now Let's figure out, let's be the first one out. Right. Let's make other people chase us. Let's not be the one chasing, let everyone else keep reducing their prices and they sell before you do. And then the prices get worse. And then you, because that's what, it's like, it's like a cycle. Once it starts. It's hard to get out of. Yeah. And if you've listed and lowered the price and relisted and taken off the market. Oh, you are. You you basically have a, if you're talking on a supermarket, you have the item that's sitting on the shelf on the bottom shelf, all dusty. Right. No one's even seeing it anymore. Right. They've driven by it a million times. They don't even see the sign. They look at the data and they go, oh, it's been listed three times been in the market for a year. Wow. Yeah. Wonder what they'll take now. That's why that first initial, like we're going to, like you said, you're, you do you need to sell. Yes, I need to sell. Okay, well, here's what we got to do right. and, and put them in that spot. So if you had a seller today right. that was like, hey, Dave, I got to sell my house. You know, I, I really need to get out from under this or for whatever reason, let's whatever say get out reason, from under it, right. but they just are moving to jobs or whatever. Right. What, what would you tell them right out of the gate? Say, okay, here, we got to do these things. Yeah. Let's look at the houses that have sold. And I don't mean up to May. I mean, June, even June, because some of those houses went over contract in May and that's when people were still overpaying. Yeah. But you know, houses that have sold in this last month, cause they sold probably in July mm-hmm. and they're closing now. It's pretty obvious what's going on. Right. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that it's eased. You know, you're, you're not going to put, you know, I know your friend put it on five months ago and they got 20 offers and 75 showings <laughs> that, that that's over and done. Yes. For now, at least if you need to sell, so you got two options, don't move or rent it out yeah. or sell it and get the best you can. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the trend and let's try to catch it before it goes down worse. You know, unless people have got the money, but even the, even people who have the money and could take the loss, don't want to take the loss. Mm-hmm. They don't want to throw good money after bad. So I, I just try to explain that, hey, if in fact you absolutely have to sell your home, this is the best course of action for you to get the most money. Right. You know, you, do, you don't want me listing it, you know, and you listing it higher and then me having to call you up every two weeks and say, well, another one just sold and it went even cheaper because that's what happens. And you talk about discouraging. Yeah. That's discouraging. Yeah. I mean, and as an agent, you got to kind of really work on keep up. Sometimes you got to keep telling people things and keep telling people things and keep telling. And sometimes they all of a sudden wake up one day and go, 
oh, wow, yeah. you're right. I should have done this. So you have to tell them, but also be patient. It's kind of a, you know, you have to kind of walk lightly and just, because they want to brag. People want to brag to go to their friends and say, yeah, I did great. I know all about that when it comes to interest rates, because everybody wants to say, well, you know, I got a four in front of mine or three. Yeah, right. That's, and, and that's, it's the same thing. And yeah. so my advice to people is if you have to move, or here's the other thing too. If you're making what I call, uh, if you're staying in town, mm. there's never the best time. If, if you're getting top dollar for that, it means you're paying top dollar on the right. other side. Yep. If you're taking a bath on this side, it means you're giving a bath to someone over here. Yep. It, 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 if it's time for you to move, your family needs to get bigger, get smaller, something's changed. There, there is never the perfect time. No. Uh, so if you have to do it, do it. Yeah. You can always refinance later if yep. you think things are going to go down. It's the old thing about, you know, you marry the woman, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't finish that whole friend, but it, you know, you're, you want the house you want. Yeah. If you have a family, this is where you see yourself living. Yeah. Let's not sit here with your life on hold. Let's go. Yeah. Trying to time it out. Right. Cause yeah. you know what? I find those who try to time it never do. Yeah. People who just do what's in their best interest at the time usually do pretty well. Well, it's the same thing with stock market, right? They talk <laughs> about all that, the, the dollar cost average, you just buy what you know is good and leave it alone. And we do it. Much. I mean, this year we haven't lost money because I've dumped a bunch more into it. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's lost, but you dollar, you know, everyone always compares what the house was at its peak. Yes. Well, if you weren't selling, it didn't matter. It didn't it's the same matter. thing with the stock market. Well, it was up to 36. Were you, were you going to sell? No, but yeah. it was up to that. Well, it's, it's nothing until you sell it. Yeah. Anyway, so what about, uh, what about buyers? So if you had a buyer today that was shopping for a house, mm -hmm. they're in a much better position. Yes. So what are, what are you asking for and what are you looking for if you're a buyer? Um, well, the big thing is it, the costs aren't shifted over to the buyer like they were. You don't have the title policy being paid for by the buyer like it was and paying way over. To me, it's still about, is this the right house for you? By the way, there's a little, little note from uh, Conrad there. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Conrad had something to say there, so yeah, I don't pop that on there. Put your own, um, you know. <laughs> Be creative. You know what's going on. You know what I was going to say. So sorry. I, did, I saw that. I was like, oh, I had to throw that on there real quick. Thanks, Conrad. So if you're a buyer, what are you telling them? Um, right now, if it's still, if it's the right house, you know, I, I've always been, I try to be real picky, even in the good market, when it, basically people are buying things they shouldn't have been buying as far as, bad houses a good house will sell no matter what a good right. floor plan a good house by schools there you still want the fundamentals to be right on is this the right house for you and your family at this time in your lives and if it's a really spectacular house or good house it'll sell no matter what when you go to sell it yeah but a bad location's a bad location right if it's bad now it'll be bad then right. so you still yeah i would rather see someone pay a few dollars more and get the right house then get the deal in the wrong area that says it isn't right. Maybe the floor plan isn't quite right. The neighborhood isn't quite right. Yeah. You know, buy the one that fits you because if it fits you, it's going to fit somebody else too. Yeah. Well, and buyers are in a stronger position now too, because now if a house has been listed for a little bit, you can do wonderful things like ask for closing costs. You can have the seller pay the title policy. You can, uh, you know, set your own close dates. And, and I mean, there, there's all kinds of things that people weren't able to do before because they didn't have, Oh, and by the way, if you have an FHA or a VA loan, or you have a, a chance USC, now, you actually have a chance <laughs> to get a house versus not even being considered whatsoever right, right. It, I, i'm closing one in viridian 800 820 000. Uh, it's a veteran it's a yeah. VA. yep you know which probably a year ago wouldn't have gotten sniffed when they got in no he, he had been beat out by someone putting 50 percent down or all cash so i mean there is great opportunity for buyers right. to buy the right house yeah. and and face it interest rates maybe they're not what they were 
but they're still not terrible. They're still, if it's the right house, it beats renting yes. or it beats being stuck, having your life on hold yep. in the wrong house. If your family's got bigger, smaller needs, you've changed, be happy. Life's too short to spend it on hold. Well, and rates ebb and flow. So whatever the rate is today, it's not going to be that rate in a year. And now it could be up, it could be down. You know, nobody can predict that right. kind of stuff and where it's going. But but for the most part, you know, you can always get out of your interest rate. Once you pay for the house and get the house, there's not much you can do at that point. So you right. got to pick the right place. I agree. Totally. But I, I'm just, you know, I think I think right now um, there's a lot of opportunity. I think people are a little scared. Um, consumers, I should say, are, a, are. Little, a little frightened about where the market's going to go, where the economy is going to go as a whole. You sure. know, there's a lot up in the air on that. Um, but like you said a second ago, renting is not the better option because it only is getting. I think I saw today that rents are up like 10. percent You know, just this year so far across the board right because you know the the what we experienced in the market previously where house prices have gone up so much that we've now priced out to some extent the first time home buyer or whatever whatever category you want to put that human in right and so now that person is renting well all these large equity firms and all these institutional buyers that went and bought up all these homes well now they're renting them out and now you're paying these guys and if you think they're good landlords you're out of your mind because they're no. terrible no. um and they're going to continue raising your rent they're going to continue to not fix your properties and do all the things that are necessary and you're going to be stuck in this perpetual thing now that the downside is is it's hard to save money these days you know the people are incomes aren't quite what they used to be compared right. to what are the prices of things are um, but there's a lot of great programs to help with that stuff too. But one way or another, if you, you know, the, the path to the American dream right. back to where we Damn, started, like um, is still home ownership and that's what it's been. And that's what it's continued to be it, because that's the one place you can grow your wealth. It's the first step on the ladder yep. of wealth. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to build up wealth when you're renting. Yes. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that's usually the first step for most people. And, yeah, you know, my feeling is you sh should still try. It's much better to have your own place that you can do what you want to it because it's yours. Yep. Um, so yes, I'm. I, I I still think it's always better to buy than to rent. That's yes. just my own personal. And of course, we're lender and realtor. So right. Yeah. Know, we, we, have our we, we do have a horse in this race, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> well, man, I really appreciate you coming in. Sure. Um, we're hour and fifteen almost. So this is uh, okay. you know, good. It goes by fast. I mean, it's, I, it's, I really am shocked at how yeah. fast it's been. <laughs> so we can sit here for hours and chat, but yeah. um, but I really do appreciate you popping in and talking to sure. us for a little bit. Um, I wish you the best. Uh, you know, Thank once you. the American Dream show comes out, we get that first episode. We need to have like a watching party or something. That's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. good, good. I mean, we'll put me on the invite list. I want to come check it out. See, I want to see it ahead of time to see if I want to have a watch party or a I need to hide party. You know? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I have no doubts. Um, Everything you touch turns to gold, my friend. So, uh, thank you. That's very flattering. I you got it. it. It's just the truth. Well, much again, very much appreciate you coming in, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. I'd love to. Mike. All right, perfect. It. All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. We had actually had a pretty good little viewership going there for a minute. So, wow. we'll see you guys uh, next time.